Oshan. Welcome. Yes, Becca. Hello, thank you. Want to tell us your whole name, rank, serial number? No. <laughs> uh, I'm Sean Rutherford. I'm a psychic medium from the New Iberia, Lafayette area. Been doing this for about uh, 13 years. I'm 29, so around 15, 16, 17. Anything else? No, that's good. Um, I'm happy that you could come the first day I'm recording a podcast. Um, and as you know, it's it's uh, it's about the gift. It's about le cadeau, uh, the gift of healing, maybe the gift of spirit, because a lot of things are healing that we don't necessarily perceive as being such. Yes, you know, um, everything that is creative and is inspired is done in spirit or from God. So then, that's a healing thing. So you have poetry and visual arts and music and dance, even exactly. So, um, how do you feel the gift that you offer today is healing? What do you think is healing about it? I think healing in general is a uh, very broad topic. Mm -hmm. You have many different layers to that. You have physical healing where doctors and surgeons and nurses come in to uh, give a physical healing to the body. Healers, spiritual healers, traiteurs come into this um, spiritual physical healing, bringing spirit into the body. And for me, psychic mediums, I think, bring in a spiritual to the emotional. Um, when you have somebody who's had a family member pass that they were very close to, such as me with my mother, a hole is left in this person's life that this person used to play. This, this role is now missing. And when you can validate that that role is still there, they're just now on a spiritual plane that person feels a lot more whole and a lot less missing a piece. And that allows grieving to really quickly be healed from. Um, grieving definitely has a process, but I think it aids the person uh, through that process a lot faster. It also connects to this idea of lack of fear, losing fear of death and losing fear of that transition because now you're validating that there is something else that you're going to move on to. And I think that allows people to open up to living life more because they're not so afraid of what does tomorrow hold for me. Right. Now, um, I grew up Catholic. Um, I, I know about more than just Catholicism today. And, But in Catholicism, we speak of the role of All Saints Day and All Souls Day, the Day of the Dead in Mexico and, you know, and we understand that. We pray to saints. They are people. They died. Who did great things. Who did you know? great things. They were, they were, yeah. They, so, what makes us not believe that? What makes us need a medium? Well, because most, most people have great fear of death. Even, excuse me, even doctors and nurses and people within churches, you know. We can all preach about what we have to preach about, but when it, when it's your time to deal with, then whether it's your own death that is impending or the death of a loved one, then that, that puts a whole other slant on your theory because then your theory has to become a practical reality. So how does that, how do you, how can you judge that or, or not judge that, but how can you address that? Um, we as, as a species have become so um, aware of our consciousness and our world 
one thing that we have not become as aware of is what lies after we pass. And as a species and as a, a thinking body, we always question and worry about that which we do not know. And right, we, but wait a minute. <laughs> you know that the, the pyramids in Egypt, mm-hmm, that was all about the afterlife. Absolutely. So, so we've had theories about the afterlife from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to say that, like we we have had opportunity to go there, but I hear what you're saying is society yeah, we, is not there today. Absolutely, and we, we can theorize. These are ideas that we have, and we have people who have experienced near death experiences where they can come back and tell us this is what's on the other side. But we tend to believe that which is tangible, that which we can grasp and and uh, prove. Um, on through the mediumship journey, you learn to let go of the word prove and just validate because it's not about proving something. It's about um, experiencing that something's there. So if I have a loved one who uh, comes through for my client and they validate something that I have no way of knowing or my client, my sitter has no way of knowing such as um, a photograph that was taken by the person who'd passed 10 years before the person was born right. um, and you right. say, and you describe this picture that had to have come from somewhere because I have never seen this picture. Neither has my sitter. So the sitter goes home, finds this picture they've never seen before and goes, Oh my gosh, my past loved one is there. So what that does is it validates that there's something else. And what that does to the soul and does to the mind and the psyche and in the everything is go, you know what, even if I don't believe, quote unquote, because it's not tangible, that there's something else, I cannot ignore that this information has been given to me by somebody who's passed on. And that opens up this idea of, even if I can't see the afterlife, I have faith that there's going to be something there. And it makes faith more tangible, makes faith more easier to grasp. Okay. Um, How do you view society's place or society's use or society's perspective of what you do Um, because because most people don't say well you know you lost your child you lost your husband i'm gonna take you to a medium that's not necessarily one of the things that hospice in their grief counseling includes correct not saying that they shouldn't it could be very helpful but so how do you view your place um, in I, that, in terms of that, and in terms of being utilized for a service that you can uh, honestly render? I like that question because it's, for me, I view myself as someone people find. I'm, I'm I not found there. you. Remember where I found you? <laughs> and I love it. Yes. At a wonderful <laughs> antique shop. And um, He was reading in an antique shop. I'm serious. I, I, I mean, you I know. I loved it. And then I made an appointment to see you because, well, if I, if I ran into you, I have to have a visit or something. And then you want to finish that story? Yeah, uh, we, you made an appointment with me. And then I went uh, the week before I was working. And when I left, that's when you had called me to make an appointment. And um, I heard the next day from the owner that she needed the space I was reading in. So she appreciated <laughs> my service, but I couldn't I couldn't have the space anymore. So your, your session got canceled. Um, and then I, I think it was like a year later, I meet you at a birthday party. So, right. And that's actually a, a that's really... That's hysterical. Yeah, it's a great so, segue. What's in, a medium doing at a birthday party? Hello? Exactly. It's a great... I mean, I honor what you do. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, I didn't need to meet you at a birthday party, but evidently I did need to meet you at yeah, a birthday party. That's a great it happened. segue into what you were asking about the question, um, where do I see myself? Spirit made us meet at a time that it determined was the right time for us to meet. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see where I play out in society is people find me when they need me. And so I think the reason I don't work at a hospice or I don't work um, so out and about in society is because this has to be something that people feel called to see a medium. Because if you are still angry from the loss of someone, I could give you as much validation as any great medium could, and you won't accept it because you're hurting. You're in, you're in an anger part of grieving. Yeah. And that's acceptable. We all have to go if through that You have moment. to have a certain amount of readiness. <clears throat> exactly. If it's going to help you with grief. And so that's why yeah. I see mediums as someone people find, I use the air quotations, find, sort of like finding that yogi sitting on top of a mountain who's waiting to give you the right wise words. Um, you have to be in the right place. Right. Um, so I just make myself as available to as many people as possible and say, hey, if you need to see a medium, I'm here. If you need to see a psychic and ask about, you know, am I going to go to promotion? I'm here for that too. But um, it has to be your choice, right. you know. And uh, that's kind of where I see myself as someone who kind of floats, waiting for people to come to him. Okay, so how do you know I'm going to get a promotion? Um, so I read tarot cards. Uh, I am a psychic. I do see things. Like I guess we'd call it clairvoyant. And so I think that you don't need the cards. <laughs> I don't really. I really so, don't. So when I, you um, say you read cards, it's really a misnomer. It is. Because a lot of people use the cards and they tell you about how they fall, but you really don't need them. No. Um, it's used to cue you. So correct. could you just own that please? oh yeah absolutely and I, I know i don't need the cards um in south louisiana reading tarot is a very uh, common thing people like to see something that they can see during a reading uh for me any image or just looking at a person will create visions for me and um it's easy to carry around a deck of tarot cards <laughs> um but if i'm reading for somebody and i see uh, I might see a work or a job building and I might see the building rise or you rise in the building. I'll say, you know, there's an opportunity for advancement. You know, right. this is something that you might be working for. So That's, you're saying opportunity for advancement, but it's not necessarily is going to happen. No. Because you tell us where it could happen and then we have to work with that or we can choose not to. Absolutely. That's okay. what I love about. I just want to be clear because it's not about telling yes. the future. I mean, no. Really, that's what I love about life. You would be rich. You would have said, uh, "This is a lottery ticket." This horse, and you would be, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's what I like about life. There's nothing really set in stone. It's all about the choices you make, and the decisions you make. Right. Um, that's what God created was free will. You know, He presents you with the opportunities. You have to choose to take them, um, so, and whatnot. Do people ever think you're crazy because you do this? Absolutely. I've kind of. Accepted How do you deal this. with that? I've. Accept- I mean, because you see, but I don't want to. Uh, let me just give you a, a bigger question. After you get judged as mm-hmm. being bizarre, weird, crazy, whatever, okay, mm-hmm. how does that affect how you feel about what you do? Because you understand you have a valid place in society. Mm-hmm. You actually have a service that you render. So how do you feel when somebody just kind of like blows off the whole thing? You uh, must be making it up or whatever they say. I don't feel bad, bad at all. I mean, 
Uh, I can't judge a person because their life experiences have have brought them to that point. Okay. Um, my life experiences brought me to this point, and um, I genuinely feel I am where I'm supposed to be, and I can't say that they aren't. Um, we have to we have to have skeptics in the world because they keep people like me doing the right thing. Right. They keep us honest because it's like I said, it's not about proving to them; it's about being humble and doing the right thing. And if we didn't have skeptics, we could go off on some fantastical made up journey and have nobody to ground us. And so I appreciate someone saying, I think you're making this up. And I offer, I've all, I've yeah, always offered skepticism it. does not affect how you read. Absolutely not. No, because I believe in what I do right. and that's all that matters. So uh, I hear you. I do. I mean, you're going to see that kind of anywhere you go. I mean, I think even with doctors, someone can have a very high success rate of um, surgery successes. But there's going to be somebody who's going to doubt that surgeon's ability to perform his service. Right. And does that make him any less of a great surgeon? No. Does he think he's any less of a great surgeon? No. Should they? No. But it's about not judging that right. person for that belief. So um, in in the fact that you have a service and the fact that you do mediumship, um, when did you first understand that you had this as a gift? And did you do mediumship right away? Um, when I was a kid, I was bullied really severely um, in middle school. So probably around 12, 13, 14. And, uh, I remember these kids coming up to me and saying these horrible things and doing these horrible things. And somewhere deep inside, I knew, uh, Johnny's parents are getting a divorce. I don't know how I knew, but I knew, okay. um, Mary, she was having problems because, uh, she felt her, a change in attraction from boys to girls. And she didn't know what to do about that. And I was a scapegoat for these people's emotions, for these kids' emotions and their emotional and their hormonal changes. And I just knew that somewhere deep inside. So growing up around 16, 17, I overheard the word being an empath and someone who's someone who feels what other people feel emotionally. So when you knew this, as these people were bullying you, did you lash back with the Absolutely knowledge? Absolutely not. I couldn't, I couldn't get angry at these people because they didn't know how to handle their emotional state. Right. It's it's truly like forgive them for they know not what they do. Exactly. Absolutely. Because they didn't know. They didn't. No, exactly. They didn't, you know, they might go home and their dad might beat them. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to turn around and beat somebody else that they feel is weaker than them. Exactly. And because I was such a meek person, I came across as quote unquote weaker. Um, and I couldn't get mad at them for that. Right. You know, so later I learned to forgive them. I even contacted all of them when I was older, around 17, 18, and sent apologies and forgiveness letters to them through Facebook and MySpace. Um, around 18, 19, I started doing that a little more for people. Mm -hmm. I'd meet someone. I started reading cards around 17, and I'd offer readings. And I realized that there was something I had a gift here. You had an innate knowing that by this time you understood yeah. it was a gift. So wow. I wanted to offer that to people. Uh -huh. And so I started doing it for coworkers, anybody who would sit down, literally anybody who would sit down for five minutes. Um, it wasn't until a few years ago when my mother got sick with cancer and passed a couple of years ago where I really felt the need to work with mediumship. I had always seen spirits in my readings for people. 
I didn't understand what mediumship was though. I had never met a medium. I had never heard of it before. Um, and when she passed, I had been working with other mediums that I had finally gotten to know. Um, I just still didn't think I was a medium. And then I started getting trained as a medium through a center in Metairie. And I realized that this was really my calling because it really filled a gap of going, my mother isn't gone. She's just transcended what I can understand. Yeah. And it really made me feel like she, there's no longer that hole missing in my life that she's there. She's just above it all. Right. And society is changing. Absolutely. You know, uh, as, as society is just changing. People are becoming more curious to what they cannot see. And just in straight up hands on healing, like I I started doing this in 1989 and, and people are asking me questions and inviting me to go give presentations and like nobody ever, I I, I could just picture my grandpa laughing at how preposterous it is that they're asking me to go talk to some group of people in a scholarly way about healing each other. Yeah. You know, that's like, we just do it. I mean, it, we, we have such a practical, innate, down-to-earth, and and we would just do it and not even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And now people want to do it themselves. People have a need, and so it's just time. Like, we didn't do anything that's different than when we first began, but all of a sudden, society is asking us for what we need. People started realizing that this, is, this isn't this is something that you're just born with. This is something that anybody is born with and that you can do. Exactly. And it comes from that opening up to saying, I'm willing to believe or have faith in that. You know, everybody, uh, I remember growing up, my mom, when I was a kid, if I, have, if I hurt myself or whatever, she'd rub her hands together and she'd blow on them and she'd say, I'm, I'm giving you a mom healing. And she'd rub her hands together and she'd put her hands on whatever was hurting. And because in Catholic tradition, the, the belief in traitors, um, this was just something you did in the area. But what my mom didn't realize was that was healing. That was energy he- healing. Exactly. And people have done that and not realized that that's what they're doing. That love she had for me is what allowed her to help me heal through whatever was ailing me. Exactly. And so now we're starting to realize that this wasn't just something fun to do to make you feel better. But it actually did something. It did. Um, in the summer of 1989, I went to um, France with a group from That's Lafayette fun. called, it was awesome, it was called USL France. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a week in Paris and six weeks in southern France. And we we studied whatever subjects you could take. And there were professors who came with us. So we actually did summer school. And uh, one of my teachers told me that um, if we were getting, still the whole class, if you're getting financial aid to go to school, you can get financial aid to go to France. I'm like, well, hell, I'm going, you know. So (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I had to borrow $4,000, but I did borrow. I did pay it back. It was all good. It was well worth it. And while I was there, I went to the home of Nostradamus. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I knew he had done... um, some prophecies and that he had done um, some readings, if you would, I don't know what they called that, in the day for the Medici family. And Mm -hmm. it was the only place I went where there was no guide in English. So I interpreted because I speak English and I speak French. And when I came back from that, um, I have personally had some spiritual experiences that were... um, 
not explainable and personal. So then who do you go to to ask about that? Absolutely. You know, the clergy and the pastors, they might be able to say something like, oh, you're on the right path or, oh, that's good or interesting, but but they are limited. And the things you you might get through a spiritual experience may not necessarily be religious in um, orientation. So you might be talking to a priest when you might need to speak to a rabbi. Right. You know? But but when you get to the essence of all this, mm-hmm. they haven't had this in their, their experience. And we have to go beyond our experiences. And we have to respect people who may have had experiences we'll never have. Yeah. So when I got back from my, my trip, someone recommended that I go see a woman who did readings. Well, you know, I didn't want to go because that was kind of not right. Mm -hmm. But then because I had been to the home of Nostradamus and I saw how much he had done and what he was really a physician and he had created a preventive for the plague and that what he did, he just knew he wasn't making this stuff up. Like you just said, you had this innate knowing. And, And I had a good feeling in his home. And, and uh, I visited where he had lived in a Salon de Provence. So, so I went. I went to see this lady, you know, because I wasn't scared. And, and so I'm sitting in her living room, and, and she, she tells me, uh, well, who is Anne? Who is Anne to you? And I'm like, well, my name is Rebecca Ann. That's my patron saint. And she said, I see a white rose. Well, I don't know. They have white roses around the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but I hadn't thought about that. I'm like, I don't know. She says, you know, you might become my neighbor. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, you must be out of your mind if you think I'm moving in this neighborhood. And before she finished, mm-hmm. the guy that was living across the street came and knocked on the door because they were moving and he needed to borrow a stepladder. Mm-hmm. And when we finished, I went check out the house and I moved in. Wow. Okay. And so... For me, having visited the home of Nostradamus and being brought to her and becoming her neighbor allowed me to live across the street from someone who discovered their own innate gift mm-hmm. as a nurse. She just knew things about her patients and then allowed that to become a gift, and she served a greater purpose mm-hmm. in, in that way. So I would do healing work for her family and she would do readings for mine and we're still friends. She moved out of state. We're That's still fantastic. friends. But I never understood until recently or not that I didn't understand. I, I didn't know how to bring reading and healing together. Well, with, I think with um, physical or traitor or Reiki healing work, um, I know plenty of healers like that who do get messages through healing. I think um, with the physical healing of a traitor or Reiki master, um, it's about the body. It's about the consciousness and the subconsciousness. There's energy flowing through the body and getting things to work right. For a reader, when we sit with somebody, we've essentially created a sacred space. We've created the space that spirit comes in to give me the messages for the person that I'm reading. And when you're in that space, uh, that energy flows through you and you are changed by that. Um, the message is important sometimes, but I think just the conversation, like when I tell people we're going to do a reading, I tell people it's going to be a conversation. It's going to be an energy exchange. And 
Sometimes it's the message or something they need to hear that they've never thought of before. Mm -hmm. And that allows their brain or their subconscious to start moving in a direction they never would have thought of. I think all of these tools, such as healing arts where you lay hands or healing arts where you read messages, need to work together in such as the healing hands of the body and getting um, disconnecting connections that are no longer healthy for the body or the soul. Mm -hmm. Whereas the messages are more for the thought provoking, more for the energetic body and the emotions going, you're going to be okay. This is what's going on. This is something that happened to you in your past that I'm seeing right now that keeps you from getting past this obstacle. And sometimes um, healers are very good at what they do, but sometimes a person needs to cut their own cords and validate going, I'm in control now. This is my choice to validate that. And when you do a reading for somebody and you tell them this is what's blocking you, when they decide I'm no longer going to let that bother me, they've taken some more ownership of their life. And that's extremely empowering. And um, do I think I do something that a healer can't do? No. I think healers can be just as much as message givers as, any, as, as what I do. Um, I think it's just a way the energy flows through our work. That's different. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, it's the same art, but a different medium. <laughs> <laughs> or in my I case, a large. Think, I didn't think about that medium. But <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because it is, all right. Mm -hmm. As, as uh, in all the different trainings, what we do is hold a sacred space. You know, as, as a physical healer, you hold a sacred space. Absolutely. And so you don't tell the traitor thank you in some traditional way. Why? Because it's God that does the work, not me. So I don't even do anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, because people don't listen to us. People don't listen to doctors. How many people go get medicine? They say, take this for 10 days. Or you feel good after five, you quit. Then you get sick. And then, okay, so yeah. the whole listening thing, you're not just talking to them. You're talking to them at another level mm -hmm. that if they really listened, yeah. it could make a difference. It doesn't mean they do. Oh, no, absolutely. No, oh. everybody has free will. Oh. That's a free will part. You know, so he, he should, I'm sure that was wrong because that doesn't apply to me. But, but when, but so I think that both having a reading and, and, and asking for healing are identical mm -hmm. because you're holding a sacred space. And as a healer, my job is to surrender and allow it's that that person gets what they need. So my job as a healer is to overcome as much of my own issues as I can. Yes. I mean, and, 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 and it can't be that different. No. For you. Could you speak to that? You're an artist. So, I mean, what we do is the difference between working with oils or working with pastels, chalks. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's all artwork. It's just the type of artwork you create. When I, if I, uh, I cannot well, Back paint. to the medium. I mean. <laughs> yeah, they're right. <laughs> I cannot paint for anything. But if I were working with oils, the process is a little different. Oils take a very long time to dry. So there's more of a tending to process mm -hmm. whereas with chalks they're naturally dry and you're creating a painting or an image by rubbing this dry dust onto a surface after that it's just it's just kind of there um and that's kind of what we do you know one might be oils one might be pastels but it's the same it's an art it's right. creating something that changes the um 
the board. And our clients are the board we're painting on. You know, they come to us going, I feel, I feel less, I feel empty, or I feel incomplete. We help them leave and discover their own painting. Now, we're not painting it in them. We're just unfolding it inside of them. Right. Um, but we help them uncover that. And that's what we do. It's just different ways of making that art. And I think that's what a lot of people don't see. For me, it's a soul, it's a soul connection. It's speaking to them on a soul level, whether it's reading from past lives, whether it's uh, reading in this life. It's just a conversation between our souls. With you, it, I think for me, and this is just what I've noticed through healers, um, it's going in and saying, okay, this is something that you have not been able to unlodge. Let me help you and get that ball, ball rolling for you and give that little, little push. You know, I think it's, that's the difference there. Yeah. You see, I don't even ask them what's wrong. And I don't, I just hold the space. See, that's, you know uh, what I'm saying? I don't even do that because, because I don't work that way. Because as I've learned the different things that I have learned, I don't have to know what's wrong with you, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you bring whatever you bring to the table. So you just bring it and I'll do what I do to balance you out. So you can deal with it on a bigger level. And maybe. see, I'm very similar to you. When clients exactly. come to me, we sit down. I let them ask them if they've ever had a reading before with cards or a psychic. And I go from there. If they haven't, I explain the process. If they have, then I just start reading. I don't ask them what's wrong. I just start reading. Because my job is not to sit here and just answer your questions. It's help to find the things that you don't know are the problem. Here's the deal. Everybody wants to know what's wrong with them anyway. Mm -hmm. So I finish and they say, did you find anything? I'm like, well, like, and you know, did I find anything wrong is what they're asking. Mm -hmm. Not they're saying, did you find that I'm really brilliant and that I'm good and blah, blah, blah. No, no, did you find it? And I said, oh, I wasn't looking, you know, I just, I just balanced you out. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't get into that. And also because... I understand that words get in the way. So I try not to use any, although I talk a lot. It's not the same as in healing, okay? <laughs> Let's not go there. It's about it's about letting them do, and I even have a time when the session is over, depending on how things go, that I'll, I'll give them a paper and a pencil and I'll say, or crepas or crayolas, or just some sort of, draw your experience. Mm -hmm because something happened in that experience that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And it might be important for you to remember this later. So I'll have them capture that and then they can bring it with them or they can ask, which I may or may not have answers like I don't, but you know, it's to let them ask is good. Mm -hmm. So that that's how that works. When I met you at the birthday party. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's go to that. Cause you, it was about mediumship and uh, I have a daughter who died in 2012 and I don't remember, but start when I went to see you. I had a friend with me. I was the uh, the rented uh, entertainment <laughs> for the day. You were the party favor. Um, yeah, I was asked to come to the party. A friend of mine, um, our f mutual friend of ours had asked me to come and uh, offer readings. And so... Um, I met you, you came in with your friend Christy, I think it was, mm -hmm. and uh, she, you and her sat in the room with me, and you had asked me to uh, connect to Dana, your daughter who'd passed. Yeah, but, but 
you had said I had said that this is not <laughs> this isn't you know phone book this isn't um uh, the yellow pages I can't exactly you know one eight hundred collect call this a spirit and then it might not come through that way you know and that's something we, as mediums we get a lot people who come in want to spoke, speak to a very specific person yeah but um, you didn't know Dana <laughs> no I didn't know Dana <laughs> but um, you met her yes and when she came through well you asked me to try to connect to her and so I did and what I do is I kind of just I call the name, person's name and ask that spirit to bring them forward I, I speak to my mom who is called a gatekeeper ask her to go find the person uh, we need to talk with and uh she came through and it was very interesting because she was uh, very aware of the fact that I had only recently started working with people one-on-one -on -one doing mediumship. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was like, all right, so I'm here to help you. What do you want to know? She's going to help you hone your skills. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you start asking questions and you start, you know, wanting to hear things from her. And um, it was things like, that I really couldn't explain that I kept getting like she deals with looking at maps and she I see this looking at um, images and uh, I kept seeing her like draw a circle around an area and, and specify a certain area and you said she worked with um, I think it was naval intelligence air force air force intelligence and it was about drones and things like that she did guided imagery okay. to help to prevent collateral as much collateral damage as she could as you can see I, I have no but, idea the yeah, job so, so yeah. I've no idea how to describe it and um, and I started giving you those messages from her about what her job required what was interesting from her was that she mentioned how um, similar to me she said she could see the area that she had to um, work with like she had a gift exactly that and had I nothing said nothing uh, to do with her training oh no I know yeah and she's like no I could see it in my head not what was on not what was on the computer in front of me but what was there and uh, this is a deal of like clairvoyance clear seeing mm -hmm. and uh, it was interesting to have her come through as more of a very spiritual person who understand what was going on that was one of the first moments with me during mediumship where I really felt the connection that spirits have on the other side, where they're here with us and they know what's going on, but they have this complete understanding of everything that we can't grasp. And as, as a joke between my daughter and I, they used to have these like video machines on the bars mm -hmm. and she was really good at that, right? And mm -hmm. so I said, well, no wonder you could do so good with your guided imagery later on in intelligence, you know, and like she's this way gifted human being. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, she just started validating uh, things like uh, she showed me when she was young around 16 17 uh, an area she grew up in mm. and y'all said you had only lived there for a short period of time and I said uh, it was because this is an area in time of her life that she really loved it was important yeah and um, you know it, it's that kind of thing where you knew you felt Dana around you all the time because you're very spiritual but being able to validate things that I sure could not have known of right um helps you know that she's there talking to me and that she's able to communicate and i think if people start realizing that they'll start listening more that's what i'm hoping you know i um uh, dana could see fairies mm -hmm. okay so uh somebody asked me one time Dana said she could see fairies you believe in fairies he's like well no, I don't see fairies, but just because I don't see them doesn't mean she doesn't see them, and it doesn't mean they don't exist. So I think 
we were trained to fit into a certain church or we were trained to fit into a certain culture mm-hmm. or we were trained to fit into a certain way of life. And the ways we were trained are expanding mm-hmm. and we can't go back and live only like that. So because I didn't have something in my experience doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, you know, the world is round. It's not flat. So if you think the world is flat, you're not going to take a trip around the world. Absolutely. But you could. So I think that uh, it is my hope that that sharing some of this, which for me is very personal, Mm -hmm. can help people look beyond their own life experiences. Good good or bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I personally, you know, not someone who's ever really seen or experienced angels, but I have people who have so greatly described them to me or described their experiences that I can't sit here and go, well, that didn't happen to them. They didn't have that experience. I myself, um, I studied Greek mythology since I was eight. And so it's probably about 21 years. And I've had experiences with Greek deities and Greek spirits that people would be shocked by the experiences I've had. And even my mother, but when she was alive, um, things happened with her that she was like, this is exactly what you described this deity would do. And it happened. And, um, you know, I have had this, do I expect everyone to have that? No. But so I can't judge someone because I haven't seen angels because I have seen things that they may not understand, Exactly. you know? And so well, I remember when my mom was, um, she started going into hospice and she called me in her room one night and she's like, Sean, I think I see a little, I saw a little fairy and she described it and she says she's glowing green and I scoured her room for anything that could glow <laughs> green just in case it was just, you know, something. And, uh, she hadn't started the morphine and stuff. They started giving her through hospice. So I'm like, I can't explain what she saw. So something was there, you know, Mm -hmm. helping her through this. And it shows up to you in what's going to comfort you, what's going to bring this aid to you. I think if an angel would have, even if it's the same thing, even the fairy is the same thing as an angel. I think if it would have shown up as an angel, I think she would have gotten scared because she would have known that she was passing. And this would have been something that would have been very nervous wrecking, nerve wracking for her. Okay. Um, whereas the fairy was the sense of earthiness and the sense of it's going to be okay. We'll take care of you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people to be open to experiences. Well, I, um, you know, I, I think looking beyond our own experiences can be helpful for all of us, whether it's, mm-hmm. a, you know, you don't know what it's like to be poor. Well, you can imagine, mm-hmm. you don't know what it's like to be rich. Well, you don't have to judge all those people with all that stuff. You know, can imagine. So it's about imagining. You don't know what it's like to see an angel, but imagine if you did. Mm-hmm. So I recently was offered a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Nice. And so I'm going to put it at home, I think, in front of my little inner beauty salon. Um, I think that's very appropriate. So would you like to share anything about the Queen of Angels, as she is also known? Or as Mother Mary, she makes herself Mother known Mary. to me. I, that was such a weird experience for me. Would um, you like to share that? I'm very happy to share it. It's part <laughs> of my journey and part of why I'm here, I guess. So uh, let me kind of, uh, you had come to visit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't see each other regularly, but sort of irregularly. And that needs to happen more often, though. We and, start making that regular. And you came by, and uh, I think somebody else was home, and they left. And you had... 
um, some crystal cards. Yeah, I work with And crystals. I looked at those cards as if I was like five years old, like he had bought me a present. And he said, ooh, well, maybe we could have a little reading. And so, you know, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I had brought the cards actually because I felt the need to bring them. I felt a reading wasn't going to end up happening. So, big, um, and I, I don't go anywhere without my cards. They're actually in my car right now. Um, and so... We started the reading, and um, when I first got this this deck of crystal cards, um, there's a card in there called the Golden Healer, and it's a type of crystal, and it's um, a crystal for healing. And when I first uh, started doing this Crystal a Day card that I'd post on my Facebook pages, um, I draw I drew this card as the first card that I ever drew from this deck um, at a mother uh, at a Mother Mary shrine grotto in New Iberia next to the public library. And uh, something changed in me as soon as I saw this card next to Mother Mary that I stopped, as someone myself who's never worshipped Mother Mary in my entire life, felt a very strong connection to her from this moment on. And so I kept seeing this card pop up regularly. I'd shuffle the cards as many times and I'd draw it and this card would come up. So when I drew this card for you and your reading, immediately I felt this connection to Mother Mary. I started tearing up, as you remember. Mm. And... uh, one of the things for me is when I'm reading and a spirit comes through, I usually see them standing next to me on my right side. And it was interesting because she was sitting on the couch next to me. <laughs> and I was like, I think I know who you are, but this is weird. And she came across not as I've ever seen in history imaging her, uh, imagery of her, but as a much more younger female um, representing this idea of the virgin mother. Um, but also a sense of beauty and the sense of vitality that was yeah because you said i never thought you would be so strong yeah i heard you always, say that you were always, amazed at absolutely the um as someone who studied art history the images of her always seem sad and powerful but in a rever- like a, a pulled aside or pulled back like stoic kind yes of, yeah but her she carried this sense of um overwhelming compassion that was Almost like a flood coming down and the road. And you had to stop. I had to stop because I freaked out because I, I looked at her in my head and I was like, are you sure you're talking to the right person? <laughs> I'm not someone who's ever worked with you. Maybe you should go to those people who've been standing in line. <laughs> and, um, you know, she started talking to me about things about you and validating some things that you had done with her when you was a child. So you were feeling the unconditional love of the divine feminine. Yes. It was a very overwhelming. It was beautiful. It was a sense of peace um, where nothing in the world that I ever stressed about ever mattered. And um, that's where you start getting to that sense of God consciousness or Christ consciousness where you know you have these problems, but now you're outside of that time that's out of that earthly worry of those problems. And everything is just peace. So I'm hoping that because you had that sense mm-hmm. and and you were at home for me, but she came for you, mm-hmm. that everything you do now can have a greater sense of peace. It does. Everything I do seems to just, I'm not concerned. Things will work out with me the way they're supposed to. I feel, um, I feel I'm supposed to help work with her as far as channeling, which is a, a contract your soul makes when it comes into this life to bring healing messages from her. I still... You know, it's been, I think I've had two or three experiences with her and I still freak out every time because I'm like, are you sure you're talking <laughs> to the right person? But um, I'm very honored 
to provide that service because yeah. as I tell everybody in my mediumship, I really just want to be here to listen. So. Wow. Yeah. And you listen so the person can be heard and being heard is very validating. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you could come and we could listen. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank this you, is fantastic. Thank you so thank much. You I'm so grateful for um, for the Le Cadeau podcast to begin. <laughs> yes. This is fantastic. And I have to say, you have an amazing voice for radio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Le Cadeau podcast. I'm your host, Becca Begno. Matt Roberts produced the show. Thanks to AOC Community Media for the use of their facilities. For information about AOC, you can visit aocinc.org. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup.